0: Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. We were able to go in. We had this idea, thanks to uh, our dear friend Sylvie. Who was like I feel I just feel uh, uh, this this community on my heart. What can we do? And we sat down and brainstormed. We thought, well, what's essential right now? What what do people need? And one thing is we need clean air, and right because our air we breathe in is already nasty, and even in our homes. And we thought, well, what if we decided to change air filters for an, that apartment complex? And so we called up. We did a lot of. We had to jump through a lot of hoops to. You know, provide, make sure we, we had all the Ts crossed and the Is dotted. But finally, the supervisor and the apartment manager said, "Yes, you can come in and change air filters." So yesterday we went in and they gave us a trial run for four units you can change air filters for four units. And if God uh, if God would give us favor, they'll allow us to do all 120 others. And so we walked in, knocked on the door, and seriously, this is what they did. Here are the keys. I was like, What? Why are you giving me the keys to these apartments? They're like, Well just go change air filters. It's like I'm not comfortable with having someone's keys. But this is how much favor God has given us that they are actually handing over the keys to people's apartments for us to go in and minister to them. And so we were able to do that, invite some families to church and, and just to love on them. And those air filters were nasty and they needed to be changed. And God gave us this idea to love on our neighbors until we've been loving our neighbors. And uh, this is because of your generosity and, and because of your prayers, we're gonna be able to continue to love on our neighbors. Amen? So this is what Jesus calls us to do. Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so Jesus, he established the mission of the church. And he said, and we believe that as we are fulfilling the great commandment, he will help us fulfill the great commission, or co-mission. We are on mission with Jesus. And what, is, what was Jesus' mission on earth? As he tells the church, we're going to read out of Matthew 28 this morning, The last part of Matthew chapter 28. And he says this, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. This is our mission. This is what God has called us to do. And so, just like I broke down the great commandment over the last two weeks, breaking down what does it look like to love God with all that we are, what does it look like to love our neighbor, I'm going to do the same thing with the Great Commission and looking at what we see in Matthew 28. And before we jump into the text, I want to give a quick note. As we read that scripture this morning, you will not see in it, you will not see a caveat or an exemption clause that Jesus gives to those who are not comfortable with sharing their faith. You will not see Jesus say, go into all the world and make disciples unless you're uncomfortable. You will not see, go into all the world make disciples unless that's not your thing unless you are an introvert, and then you can just wait on the side. You're not going to see that today. You're going to see that Jesus says, every person who is a follower of Jesus is called with this mission in mind, go and make disciples. I want you to hear that this morning. And the reason I tell you that is not to intimidate you or to scare you or to feel like, oh man, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. The reason I'm telling you this is I want to grab your attention because this message is for you. I want to help you understand what it means to obey Christ's commands and fulfill the mission He's put in your life and the purpose He has for your life. I want you to know that God has called you to be His witnesses in the world. We have a great responsibility. Amen? Do you believe that? Yeah. And not only is it a responsibility, it is a privilege. It is a privilege to be a part of God's kingdom of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. So I, I hope that you understand that it is it is our purpose Not just as a church, but as individuals, and I want to make sure that I equip you to do the things that God has called you to do in your life. In fact, it's what scripture tells us to do, Ephesians. It says that the church exists, that God has given pastors, teachers, leaders to equip the saints. You are the saints. Did you know it? You're a saint. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a saint. Stop calling me a sinner. I'm a saint. To equip the saints, to equip those who are called by Jesus to be ministers wherever they go. And so my, my, my passion is that you would know your purpose. My desire is that not only will you serve Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors, that you will make it to heaven one day. But I, I'm passionate about your family knowing Jesus and going to heaven. I'm passionate about your neighbors going to, to heaven and knowing Jesus. I'm, I'm, compassionate. I'm passionate about uh, your co-workers and your friends and even your enemies. I'm passionate about them knowing Jesus. And so I want to help you fulfill what God has called you to do. I want His kingdom to come. I want His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Do you agree? So this is our mission, and it's declared in Matthew 28. And as you're, you're turning there, starting we're going to start in verse 19. But what's interesting is we, we started with our administration team, with our leaders, reading through the, Old, uh, the New Testament, starting October 1st, going through the end of the year. If you start, there's a plan that we started. And you read throughout the entire New Testament within those, those few months. And what's interesting, that in the first five books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, there are five of these reminders of the Great Commission. Not only do we see in Matthew's Gospel, we see it in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, it says, Go and tell the good news of Jesus to all the world. We see it in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, it says, Share that there is forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. We see it in John's Gospel, and John chapter 20, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, now I send you. And we also see in Acts, was basically like the Gospel of Luke chapter, or volume 2, Luke and Acts go together. And in Luke, or in chapter uh, 1 of Acts, it says, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses. So there is, in the first five books of the New Testament, you see these five reminders of the commission, that we are the ones who are representing Jesus to the world. And so as we read through it, I want us to feel the weight of that responsibility, my my. My concern is that some of us don't feel that weight at all. We don't feel the weight of the responsibility that we have of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And so I, I want us to feel the responsibility of it, but I want to also tell you there's good news in understanding the weight that we carry. So if we look at the beginning of Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples... Of all nations, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at summing up what that message was based on one word: the purpose of the church. The first week was loving God with all all of you who are. We called that worship. Right. Last week we said loving our neighbor as ourselves. We called that ministry. So as we go into this week, if we're looking at what does it mean to make disciples, we call that one word evangelism: sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And as we go through it, I want us to be reminded that our faith should not be a secret. People, when they find out that you're a follower of Jesus, should not be shocked. Would you agree? They're like, no, not you. Couldn't be. No. I don't know, you can talk about somebody else, right? If that happens, you should be like, uh-oh, what's going on with me? Unless you're a brand new believer and like your life is radically transformed, then that's a good shock. But if you've been in the church for 20 years and someone finds out you're a Christian, and they're like, no, then you got some problems. we got some issues we need to work out. And so we should not be living our lives in secret. I mean, honestly, if we if we have the cure for cancer, would we hold it secret? No. And we have a greater cure for the things that ail the world. And would we keep that a secret? No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. And so I don't want to beat you up, but I want to tell you that God has empowered you to be his witnesses in the world. Uh, honestly, I mean when when we find out you, if you can remember when you first started dating your spouse, did you keep that a secret? I didn't. I was I was like she this one likes me. I want to tell the world. Look at look at look at, right? You don't keep those things a secret. You want people to know I'm in a relationship. This is a good person I love, them, right? So the same is true with our relationship with Jesus. We want people to know that we're in relationship with Him, and we are are lucky. So in this phrase, go and make disciples, we are being invited to be a part of bringing people into God's eternal family. And I don't want you to intimidate you, but I want you to understand that it is a big deal, and it is pretty daunting. And The reason it is a a big deal is because we believe that Jesus... He died for the sins of the world, and that by believing in him, we will receive forgiveness of sin. We'll have life abundantly here on earth. We'll have eternal life with him and freedom from sin on earth. And and Jesus has called us, and he's left it up to us, to tell the world about him and what he's done for us. Honestly, we believe that there is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. There's no other way to God but through Jesus. If we believe that, then we have the responsibility to share it with others. And it could be heavy stuff. It's quite a responsibility. And it may seem like it's too heavy for us to bear. But Jesus tells us how we're able to do it. So we're going to look at that verse again. Can I get that whiteboard up? Uh, I know we've been outside. so Some of you all haven't seen how nerdy I am with whiteboards. Uh, but I love them. I love them. And, so, and some of you kids aren't even in school. You know, you're zooming it up. I'm going to give you real life school right now. Real life. This is what they used to do back in schools used to be. They used to write on whiteboards. And... Uh, they used, to, they used to show you stuff. So we're going to look at a whiteboard today. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So on this whiteboard, you can see the description here, go. And here's, here's a, I want to see if I can do this without making the mic feedback. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This word, go, what does it mean? It means go. It means go. Some deep theological stuff we're talking about today. It means go. It means, but the problem is, going is sometimes difficult. That means we have to leave where we are to go somewhere else. And actually, in the original Greek, if this was, was read in Greek, it would say, As you are going, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. As you are going. So as we follow Jesus, the the implied understanding is that as we follow Jesus, we should be going somewhere. As we come to Christ, we should never be staying the same. Do you agree? There should be some transformation in our lives. And Jesus says, as you are on the journey of pursuing me, also make disciples of all nations. So what what does that imply? It means that we don't have to arrive somewhere first before we begin to make disciples of other people. We don't, sometimes we think, well, I gotta know more scripture, I gotta get my life better, I gotta you, you put all these checks, check marks in your life that you gotta do all these things first. But Jesus says, as you are already going in pursuit of me, bring others with you. As you are already seeking me, bring others with you. Because I've called you to move beyond where you are to go to somewhere else greater than where you're all right now. The other thing I wanna make out. The fact is, he says, make disciples of all nations. All nations, that's a big deal. All nations, that's like all ethnicities is the is the word that would be better translated there. There are over 16,000 ethnic groups in the world. How are we going to do that? He's saying all people, all nations, Republicans and Democrats, all people, all ethnicities, all nationalities, all sexual orientations, all people make disciples of all nations. So there are some heavy things here, but here's here's what I want. How how are we going to do it? This is what I I want. Uh, This is a little uh, Bible trick. As you begin to learn how to study Scripture and you read a verse, this word right here is powerful. Not like this pen. (laughs) This word right here is powerful. Here's the trick in Scripture, right? If you read a verse and it starts with therefore, the, the trick is go back another verse and see what it's there for. Oh, See what it's there for. Why is therefore there? So always go backwards, and you can find out what it's there for. And so this is, if we go backwards to verse 18, check this out. Whoop! Oh! I was already prepared. And made sure I had it right written on the right side so when I flip it over, it's not a This is what Jesus says. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. All authority. That means that Jesus has authority over every nation, every people, every religion, every group, every denomination, every every political party. He has authority. So if he has authority, now he says, because I have authority in heaven and on earth, go and be my witnesses. I've empowered you. It's like when, when when police pull me over, which happens quite a bit sometimes back in my younger days, I would stop and pull over. Why? Because they had authority. The badge they wore told me that this person has authority over me. I better pay attention. Yeah? So as of the authority, Jesus has given us his stamp of approval saying, I have given you the ability to go and make disciples. What's even more important than authority... It's what he says in verse 20, in the second part of verse 20. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So not only do we have the authority to tell people about the good news of Jesus because he has given us the authority over over, over, uh, every every people group, every, every religion, every situation. But he also says, I'll be with you in the process of going and making disciples. So he doesn't just send us out and then say, figure it out. And let come back and let me know how it went. He says, I'll be with you. And this call to make disciples hasn't ended yet because of this last portion here. I'll be with you till the end of the age. We haven't reached the end yet, have we? Not that I'm aware of. Because we're still here. So there's still that call to go and make disciples. Amen? Do you agree? Do you like the whiteboard? Yeah. I love the whiteboard. I'll keep using it. Whether you like it or not. We are called to make Disciples of every nation, every religion, that means Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, atheist, every background, every race, every sexual orientation, every gender, every ethnic culture, he has called us to make disciples. And we'll, you know, as we go through the rest of that passage of scripture where he says to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to observe, we'll be going through those in the next couple of weeks. But I want us to recognize that we are called to go and make disciples of all nations because of His authority. His authority grants us the ability to go. He grants us the ability. It's His stamp of approval. It's His badge as we go into war. So His authority makes it possible for us to fulfill the call of going. I I love how Paul says it in Acts chapter 20. Verse 24, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, he says this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My life is nothing. It amounts to nothing unless I finish the work that God has given me. What's the work he's given us? To make disciples. To tell people about Jesus. Jesus. This is what he's called us to do. Sorry, sorry, scared myself. This is what he's called us to do. And I pray that this is a mindset that we all have, that our lives would find this true value in sharing the goodness of Jesus with others. And as we do this, church, then, the church should grow. I mean, we are growing. We are seeing new faces. We're seeing people come to Christ. We're seeing that happen. And the reason that is because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow, right? If children stop growing, there is an issue, right? If the plants in my backyard stop growing, it's probably because I haven't watered them. And everybody knows that now. Everybody knows that I'm horrible with plants. But if they're not growing, they're not healthy. If something has stopped growing or is stunted in growth, then there is unhealth there. And the, th- the same is true for the church. The, sh- the church should be growing if it is a healthy church. It should be continuing to grow. If it's unhealthy, it remains stagnant and begins to wither. A healthy church is a growing church. We see this in Acts chapter 2. It says that the power of the Holy Spirit fell on the people. And they began to worship God and witness to others about Jesus. It says that the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. In one day... Over 3,000 people gave their heart to Jesus. And then it continued and continued as they broke bread together. They loved on each other. They shared in common their goods. They took care of one another. And because of the love that people saw in their midst and because they were not afraid to tell others about the goodness of Jesus, people began to come into the fellowship of Christ. Amen. This should be happening. This should be happening. Because church growth is not optional. It's not optional. It is a command from Jesus that we should be growing and we should be seeing new faces every week. And do we do we want the question is do we want the church to grow larger? Yes. Yes. The church should be growing larger. If your answer was no, then you have your priorities mixed up. Because the the church is not just for you and your comfort. I like I mean I love small churches. I grew up in small churches my whole life. But I don't want to remain it so I can feel comfortable with myself and I can just—it feels good. I'm just in this little safe bubble. Now Jesus says I have called you to be healthy, and in healthy things will continue to grow. So we want to see the church grow. And I'm not saying that I want to see the church grow for my own benefit, or say people can say, "Oh wow, look what, what Pastor Josh is doing, or look what CBC is doing, look how awesome things are," and, and so that we can pump ourselves up. We don't—we're we're not in it so that we can be recognized more in the supermarket. We're in it because we want people to know the saving knowledge of Jesus. We want people to understand who Jesus is and what he's doing in our lives. We want the church to grow because we want people to know who Jesus is. Somebody said, do you care about numbers? And, I, and honestly, the, always people, when they say that to pastors, it's like, oh no, I don't care about numbers. Numbers, that's the, that's the most evil thing. As if they forget that there's an entire book in the Bible called Numbers. God does care about numbers. Why does he care about numbers? Because numbers represent people. When I think about the number six, I think about the Savala family. Six of y'all. Six souls who are called to know Jesus. Who just slightly over a year ago weren't serving Jesus and now are. That's a number I'm happy about. When I think about, come on. When I think about the number five, I think about Jay and Gloria with one on the way. Soon to be six as well. Those are lives that are, that are knowing Jesus. When I think about four, I think of a kid in who are not here today, and their sons. And how many of you and the numbers that are in here, every person counts in your home. Right? If one of your children go missing, you're not like, ah, we still got two more. <laughs> because every one counts. And we think about it. When I think of one, I think of, uh, of each individual person. So these numbers do matter to me. So do I care about numbers? I do because... I, I care about souls and I want you to care about souls I want you to care about and count the people that are in your family and thank God I want every single one I want 27 I want all my cousins I want my aunts and uncles I want every single one of them to know who you are and the goodness of who you are Jesus so we're not just so we're not so concerned about butts warming the sea. we are concerned about lives being transformed. We want lives transformed. And it happens in community. It happens in the church and through the church. Why? Because God established the church to be His representation in the world. It will not happen outside this church. It won't happen outside the body of Christ. It will happen within the body of Christ because God wants to use the body of Christ to reach the world. This is His mission, and we're on co-mission with Him. Amen. So I, I care about these things. I care about people. And we want to see people come into the kingdom of God. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 19 and 20. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So he sent Jesus to redeem and reconcile the world that was broken and lost. He called Jesus to go and to reconcile. he says, No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, me and you, this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ's ambassadors sent into this world and God is making his appeal through us. God is wanting to use your voice to make his appeal to those who are lost and undone without. Do you believe that? Your voice can reconcile someone to God. Is that not powerful? He has chosen your voice to be a light in the darkness. Your voice to bring life to where there is death and pain and hurting. You have a great calling and a great responsibility. Not just me, not the one who holds the microphone, but every single one of you have been given this voice. It says we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. There are people you're thinking about right now who are not serving Jesus, but God will put them in your hearts even right now, even later tonight, and God will say, I want you to be the voice of reconciliation to them, that you would say and plead with them, come back to God. Come back to God. Don't run from Him. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He has a purpose for you. He has life for you. He has joy for you. He has freedom for you. Come back to God. Come on. He will use your voice to say, come back to God. I read this passage in one of uh, Rick Warren's books, and he he said this, he challenges us with his church, and I think it helps us give us proper perspective. He asks this question, he says, have you ever wondered why God leaves us here on earth with all of this pain, all of this sorrow and sin after we accept Christ? Why doesn't he just take us to heaven the moment we accept him? And spare us from all this mess. Wouldn't that be easy? I accept you, boom, I'm in heaven, you know. Why does he leave us? Because the things, some of the things, most of the things we do here on earth and in the church, we can do in heaven. We can worship in heaven. We can dance. We can floss in heaven. We can do all the TikTok dances in heaven. We could. We can hear God's word, He will speak to us directly in heaven. We can fellowship in heaven. There's only two things we can't do in heaven sin and witness to unbelievers. So the question is of those two things, why did Jesus leave here, Leave us on earth? For what purpose can I get? hint? Hey, it's not to sin. Witness. To witness. Come on. That, that was a trick question. If you said sin, let's go back to the Bible. There's only two things we can do outside of heaven. Sin and witness to unbelievers. And Jesus didn't leave us here so that we can continue on sinning. He left us here to be His witnesses. So this is the joy and the privilege we have. And can I tell you, when you share your faith with somebody and you see them give their lives to Jesus and put their hope and trust, and you continue to walk with them in discipling them and helping them to observe the words of Christ, there is no greater joy and no greater life-fulfilling moment than you will ever experience in that moment. You know why sometimes life gets heavy and tedious and even following Jesus becomes a drudgery? Because you might not be sharing your faith with other people. Because when you share the goodness of Jesus and people respond, you are filled With overflowing joy. If you don't have the overflowing joy of the Holy Spirit, the challenge is for every single believer, look at who you're witnessing to. Are you sharing your faith? It doesn't have to be scary. Just tell your story. Where were you before Jesus and where are you now? What were you bound with before Jesus and what are you set free from now? How are you living hopeless before Jesus and now filled with hope? Now, that is the story the world wants to hear. That is the the thing that people need to hear, especially in the time that we're in. People need to know that there is hope in Jesus. And he has sent you to be the one who brings hope. And there can be joy and life and peace when you recognize your purpose. This is why the church was created with this purpose in mind, to be messengers for Christ we don't want to be we don't want to be a church or be individuals who never fulfill our purpose as I was preparing for this message I was coming across some examples and I love I love I love history and I found this story about this ship called the SS United States it was desired to be built by a, a, a ship liner called the United United States liners ocean liners and they had one goal in mind to make the fastest ship in the world back in the 1940s that would cross the Atlantic in less than in less than four days. And actually they did create a ship that did it in, in less than three and a half days. And actually what's incredible about that, if you, to give you some context, it took 36 days for Columbus to come from Spain to North America, 36 days. And this, this shipbuilder, back in the 1940s, decided we want to build the fastest and the biggest ship possible that will cross the Atlantic as fast as it can. Back in the 1940s, if you know history, something that was going around at that time was called World War II. And so the United States government heard about this ship that this company wanted to build and they wanted in because they thought we could, we could pack that ship full of troops and send them to Europe within three days' time to go and help and fight against the, the Nazis. And so the United States invested $50 million into this $80 million project to be able to send 15,000 troops at a moment's notice from New York to the UK in less than four days. They invested all this energy, all our taxpayer money, $50 million. You have you've, Your parents paid for part of this. And they finished it in 1950, but by that point, the war was over. And so they decided we can't use this to carry troops anymore. So they made the ship a luxury cruise liner that would go across the Atlantic and take people to Europe. And it never fulfilled its purpose of going into battle. What our government invested in so that it would would go into carry carry troops into war, it never fulfilled that purpose. And instead it became a luxury vessel up until the 1970s, and then now it sits docked. I don't know if we have a picture or not. It sits docked in a a dock in Philadelphia, rotting. I don't know. Is it there? Can you see that? It's sitting there rusting out. If you can't see it there, you can go home and Google it. SS United States. Pull up a picture. You'll see that it's rotted, rusted out. It had a purpose to go into war, but was turned into for luxury. And now it sits rotting. Can I tell you, the church was designed and developed by God. To go into war against the enemy of this world that is destroying people's lives and binding them up in sin and darkness and brokenness. And God says, I'm going to send you out into the battle. But if we make church all about ourselves and all about our luxury and our comfort, we'll be just like this ship. That will soon become a rusted out relic, not fulfilling its, its intended purpose, and it will be a waste. I don't want my life to be a waste. I don't want your life to be a waste. I don't want this church to be a waste because we think that this is about our comfort instead of about souls of other people. We don't want to have all this investment, all this energy, all this time invested into equipping people to be light in dark places for only them to go back and remain silent and quiet. There is a purpose that God has called you into His kingdom because He has called you with other people in mind as well that they would come to know Jesus they would come to experience the goodness. The church was built by Christ to equip his people to go into war against the evil forces that seek to destroy people's lives. And this is what we're called to do. If we trust the Lord, knowing that he has given us his authority over the enemy and that he is with us always, we can go and make disciples of every person we encounter. Amen? God has called us to it. As the worship team comes of our time of time, Closing this morning, I hope that you hear my heart today. This is not a message to, to beat you up. This is a message to encourage you. If you're struggling with your purpose or your, your, your meaning in life, God has, and has definitely called you to share the good news of Jesus. He wants you to do it. He has equipped you to do it. He is with you to do it. And he has caused you to overcome to do it. So everybody here, under the sound of my voice, I want to give an opportunity to anybody that might be here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. I am going to seize my opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with you. That he loves you. That he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That God has a calling on your life. He is here to give you freedom and hope and joy today. Even in the middle of your pain and your struggle, your frustration, your bitterness and your hurt, God can do amazing, incredible things in your life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, say, God, I want to invite you into my life. Invite you into my heart. I want to give you my heart, my life, everything, God. I want to serve you. I want freedom. I want forgiveness. I want hope. I want joy. And I hear today that it's found in surrendering my life to you. I surrender my life to you. That's you today. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand so that I can pray with you. Say, I want Jesus. So, one... Now is the time to give your life to Christ. Two, we're not promised tomorrow. If this is your opportunity. I want you to seize it. Three, right now, would you raise your hand? and say, pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Is there anyone else? Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. If you raise your hand, would you stand to your feet so I can pray with you? Thank you. I'm going to ask you right now actually to go right, right in the back. I have Gloria standing back there, and I'm going to have her pray with you. She's going to connect with you. and you. Come on, would you celebrate the fact that someone is saying, I want to give my life to Jesus today? Thank you. Thank you. She's going to be led back there, but for those who are watching online, or even if those who might be hearing the sound of my voice around our neighborhood, I want us to pray this prayer together. Would you do it with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I put my hope in you, I put my trust in you. Come and save me, come and forgive me, make me new, I turn from my old ways, and I turn to you, I trust you, and I love you, thank you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer online for the first time, would you let us know, make a comment below, or reach out to us saying, I prayed that prayer, we want to help you get connected because it's not just about believing, it's also about belonging, belonging to the family of God, belonging to the body of Christ. And we want to help you get connected into the body. For the rest of us, I want to pray for every single believer to be filled with courage and boldness and hope. Because you have a mission. You have a purpose. You have been given the light in the darkness. Jesus lives in you for a purpose, not only to save you and set you free from sin and a path of death, but also to help you be the ambassador or the witness of his goodness to other people. And I just want to pray that God would speak to you, even if it's just one person that you can witness to, that you can tell about the goodness of Jesus in your life, what he's doing. So if that's you today, I, I would just ask all of us to actually stand to our feet so I can pray with you. And as we pray, I want you To receive as if the Holy Spirit is going to supercharge you to be his witnesses. The Bible tells us as the Holy Spirit power fell on them, they became witnesses. So I'm going to just pray right now that you would feel the touch of the Holy Spirit on your life. And that he would fill you with this unmistakable, unmistakable power to be his witnesses in the world. So right now, Jesus, I pray... Through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would come upon your people, that, God, we would understand the responsibility we carry, that we carry the cure of the things that ail this world, and that we would not be ashamed, we would not be afraid, we would not be scared, but, God, that we would be a people who know the truth and are willing to share the truth in grace and love. That, Jesus, the only hope of salvation the only hope of freedom is found in jesus and in you alone god and i pray that your people who are who bear your name who call ourselves christian that god we would be a people who are willing to go willing to speak as we are on this journey of life in pursuit of you that god you would bring people into our path and that we would be bold about saying I know who Jesus is. I know what He can do in your life. If He did it for me, He can do it for you. That we would be bold and encouraged and strengthened today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move on your people. Strengthen us. Fill us right now with your Holy Spirit and power. We love you, Lord. Help us to go and make disciples of all nations, all people. Our neighbors, our neighborhood, our family, our friends, our co-workers. God, give us every opportunity and help us to seize every opportunity. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it. share it with your friends. It'd help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you.